welcome back to the Hammering Away podcast. This is episode number 25, the quarter century, which you would not believe the extended conversation we just had about that. But um, as always, me, Jack, Joe, I was going to say the host thing again, but it's co-hosted. This podcast yeah. is just two people. I'm talking. your host, Joe. Remember, so I was J- supposed to do the intro this, this week. Or was that last week? Or was that in the lost episode where we made that joke? Where you were gonna do the the oh, hosting no. part? I think that was the last episode where we made that joke, dude. That was a good episode. We'll release it one day. We need the. I was thinking. I was thinking over the summer, like when stuff is like dead in like early <laughs> June, or actually we'll be playing in the Europa League final. But I'll yeah. we'll drop like a throwback Thursday episode, and everybody can just listen to what we thought about Burnley away in November. <laughs> <laughs> Because that's what everybody wants to hear about in mid June. Yeah, that was a uh, that was a game worth talking about too. I have yeah. the file somewhere, so like it it will always be there. We should like raffle it off. Like our our it's a thousand, Patreon exclusive. Our th- when we get a thousand followers, we can randomly select a follower. <laughs> who gets to listen to the episode? <laughs> gets to listen to the episode. Just email it to them. It'll it, it won't be random. It'll be Daniel Luker. It's rigged. Nobody else. <laughs> <can answer. laughs> um, oh, I couldn't pick a better man myself. Is he? Our, I, he might be our. He like actually listens to it, dude. Yeah. Remember funny. we made him. We made him post his Spotify Wrapped. Yeah, we were we were above. Uh, we were above the like official. Oh. Like hammering the, yeah, the official West Ham, like what podcast. Is it the, the the Iron Cast they call the it. Iron Every Cast, yeah. Ridiculous name. They were trying to do the same thing as us. They were trying to make a play on the fucking that the nickname. Dude, I actually I actually like that podcast like to an extent. Like I don't like listen to every episode when, but when they do like Q and A's with Ginge, I like listen. Like I actually I, I listen. Well, I I watch it on YouTube. Cause like I can't just listen to it. I'll listen to it at work. <laughs> what is the disgust in your face? Yeah, I consume West Ham content. First of all, the only West Ham content I consume is hammering away. That's not uh, true. What other West Ham content do I consume? You're on Twitter all day. Technically, you're consuming Alan Rizepa West Ham content. Operating the West Ham, the uh, operating the hammering away official Twitter account. Operating the official Twitter account. <laughs> Official, by the way, dude. The Iron you gotta spend seven dollars a month to be official. The- it doesn't suck, dude. Like it's fine. Because like, I, I, I understand your qualm because um, what's his face is um annoying. The exactly. what's who's the host? That's not who the host is. Um, it's the guy with the hair and the glasses. I don't remember his name, but he that guy. The I, 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 just- I actually. I'm going to take that back. I don't think he's that annoying. I think he's fine. I think because he brings that like corporate energy. That's why you don't like it. Yes. I don't like it because I've only listened to the episodes with the new signings. Yeah, those those aren't that good. And they sucked. They were all terrible. Because and those the- new signings, they don't want to talk to this guy, man. Yeah, they do. Remember, remember when – uh, remember – who was it that did the – the interview with Carlton Cole, the summer. Oh, oh, uh, well, the Lucas Paquette did his interview with Bazinga. Oh, forget about that. No, Luke and Payne. 
That was oh, ridiculous. Was, was that Skamaka that did it with Carlton Cole? It might have been the whole striker thing. Might have been Cornet. Signed too many damn players last summer. No, it was a high-profile signing. Then it was Skamaka. Well, Carlton yeah. Cole actually does a lot of work for the club, though. That was like a really, really good interview. Well, Carlton Cole is like he has like a job like in broadcasting, like. like well, he so does do the this. people. So do the Ironcast people. They are professional. No, they're, they're, not a, they're not on BT, bro. Like, like Carlton Cole. Carlton Cole covered the Conference League final. Okay, well, they could get better people for the Ironcast, and they could do like. Dude, first of all. Be nice to Ginge. I actually enjoy listening to him talk when it's as long as it's about West Ham, it's fine. Like what I was trying to say was I watched the uh, the last one, and so it was they did one question was like a Christmas question, and then the next question was a West Ham question, right? So I listened to the West Ham answer, and I skipped by like what his favorite Christmas Eve meal was. <laughs> like I'm good, <laughs> and then I would like listen to him like talk about like Piat for like five minutes or something like that. I'd skip past like his best present, and I listen to him talk about like his favorite goal he scored or something like that. I think it's fun. It was actually uh, the Carlton Cole. Um, sorry, I was like looking. Yeah, you're good. Talking. You're good. Um, it was it was a Gerrard. It was a Gerrard and Carlton Cole, and it was a really really good interview. But th- that's because a Gerrard is also like a very like he a Gerrard's probably like the most quote unquote, even though I hate this phrase because it's ridiculous and there are connotations to it, but. Aguirre is the most well-spoken player in the squad, probably. Yeah, he's, like, super, like, refined. Yeah, like he's, he's just, like, like, a sharp human being. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like I he, guess... He could be my doctor. I wouldn't ask any questions. He's just, like, mad reassuring. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess Kudus and, and Alvarez don't talk as much. Kudus' English is really good. But, like, Ward-Prowse, they could have got something out of Ward-Prowse instead of just being, like... They're they too busy talking as, about David as long Beckham you, with them. As long as you work hard and you and you love, but the that's team but that, that's the kind the of guys that Ward Prowse is. Dude. No, but they he said they said that to every single fucking player that they interviewed. Because that, that, because dude, that's that's like the the vibe that we push. Like that that's a, dude. Did you not see the video that just got released by like TNT Sports that everybody's clowning because some guy is like, if you just try for the badge, everybody will love you, and everybody's quoting it, and they're like. Half the fan base like wants Suchek like in the dirt. <laughs> yeah, no one has given more to the badge like physically than Suchek, and we all want him dead. <laughs> yeah, so like let's settle down a little bit. Even though it's true to an extent, but like you can't play the way he did for a good two years and get away with it. Like Suchek and Antonio, like two like Dude, number Antonio, one, number man. two person non grata, and they would fall into that like if you work hard and you love the badge like. Because Antonio, I don't want to get into the whole Antonio thing, but like he's just like doesn't have a filter. He's like people are like, man, like I wish footballers like like actually spoke their mind, like didn't have a filter. And Antonio does it once, and everybody's like, if you do that one more time, like we will find you. I'm, like, I'm gonna say it next. Time. <laughs> like, like can we please like let this guy live his life? Jesus you see what he Christ. said? Uh, he said the he quiet did, part out loud. But, he didn't say that though. He didn't, he didn't say exactly what I'm getting at was that the guy who hosts that podcast is a Liverpool fan, and he he said that Jurgen Klopp is laying the seeds. He's doing the groundwork to get Jared Bowen at Liverpool, 
And Antonio said, well, he just signed a seven-year deal. And some Liverpool accountant tweeted that Antonio said that part. That's so funny. And then everybody was like, Antonio, like, <laughs> must die. It's like, no, dude. Like, he All he's ever said was that Bowen would fit well in a Liverpool team, which is, like, totally fine. It's just, like, fine. And, like, dude. Klopp agrees 100%. <laughs> dude, Klopp can't get enough of him. It's his favorite player. It's my favorite player, too. Jurgen Klopp. Just kidding. So, my favorite. Who's your favorite? I'm an LP guy. You know that. You are, yeah, LP. I, I thought I thought that you had transitioned into Mokudus. Mm. Honestly, dude, like the three of them, I can't get enough of any of it, any three of them. It's the best, like the best time. Like you know, things are going well when a game ends, and you're like, man, I can't wait till the next game. Yeah, like that's exactly, exactly how I felt today, which is crazy because I'm I'm dreading Arsenal at the Emirates. It's gonna be gross. Feel t- feel till crazy. I actually I actually put this in our in the preseason thing as the game of You're, the yeah. So yeah. <laughs> maybe not as much now that it's here. Well, I mean, also we played them in the cup. You know that exactly. Was yeah, the the anticipation is over. Thank that God that when, happened. Thank God that happened. Because we're going to lose this game tomorrow. And he, mm-hmm. dude, he, won't mention him by name, but he is going to play very, very, very well. He's probably going to win man of the match. Because, I mean, that's what he does, just generally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but on the point of Kudu's bone and Paqueta, I know I said this last week, I've never seen a West Ham team with this many different players who can go and win you a game. And because that's what I wanted to say was like we are we're sixth in the league on Christmas like nobody can move in front of us like we've played the same amount of games as Newcastle and everything we're sixth in the league we're on pace for sixty points and this is how we're doing it because we used to control games better and I say that we were in the driver's seat for 90 minutes. I mean, maybe United had a 10-minute stretch here or there, but we were in the driver's seat for 90 minutes today. Even when they had the ball, um, they never really looked like scoring unless Kudus was playing them in on goal. Yeah. Um, like, we gave the ball away twice. Kudus gave it away once, ridiculously, and Paqueta also gave it away once, like, pretty bad. Mavic Panos made that mistake. But then Paqueta got back and blocked across, so that's what we do. But, yeah, the intensity that this team plays with Especially, I mean, really up and down. Because it's what we were built on in 21, 22, all those years. Was the intensity that we can press with or defend with. And the intensity that we can break with. And with the, I don't think I've ever seen a team with two wingers. If you want to call Paquette to that. With two wingers who play as intensely up and down their flank as those two do. And Mm -hmm. this is what I was telling you about earlier. I told Joe before the podcast said that I had some stats that were going to blow his mind. Um, and here's one of them. Mohamed right. Kudus, this season, versus all attackers in the Premier League, or all like wingers, attacking midfielders, is first, 99th percentile, head and shoulders above the rest, number one in tackles per 90 minutes, and tackles one per 90 minutes. He's in... The 97th and 93rd percentile in tackles one in the mid-third and the attacking third. He is in the 97th percentile of dribblers tackled at 63.6%. He's in the 93rd percentile of challenges lost per 90. He doesn't lose challenges. He is number one 
head and shoulders above the rest, 99th percentile of ball recoveries. He's recovering the ball eight and a half times per 90 minutes. Get the fuck out of here. And he is averaging 3.1 tackles and interceptions per 90 minutes, which is good enough for the 93rd percentile. Do you know who number one among all attacking midfielders and wingers for tackles and interceptions per 90 is? Um, I'm going to say you spoiled it uh, over text, but it's Paqueta. Yeah, it's Lucas Paqueta. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dude, yeah, the work that these two are doing up and down that flank is insane. Like, And this has gone under the radar. Like, Not that under the radar because I think everybody watches Kudus and you see him like because he, he always does it. He just runs back and he just decides that ball is mine now. And Paqueta – you know, just continually puts him work for a team. But I think it's understated how just the intensity that we play with is the reason why we are in the top six going to Christmas. It's similar to how Newcastle were good last year. It's not as high tempo, but it's, you know, it's like how Newcastle were good last year, how we were good 2021-2022. When you have 11 guys playing at that speed and that type of intensity and that desire to use that word – you're not going to lose that many games. And those numbers, like, 100% are supported by the eye test. Yeah. yeah. Kudus is – he's constantly recovering the ball, obviously. And and whenever he's, like, in a duel, like, whenever he's, like, tracking back and, like, you know, making a tackle, it's like I feel so assured. And I'm like, okay. like they, He wins it every can't. time. He never loses the ball. And it's crazy with Kudus, especially when I do the, the sofa score tweets. I'm like, wow, like he played really well today. Like, I can't wait to see how many like, dribbles he had or chances created. And every single time, he won like five tackles and like 14 ground duels. I'm like, this guy is insane. He's so physically imposing. And I don't even think – And someone, active. Yes. And as someone who was like a appreciator of him from afar since last year, I didn't even – I didn't know that he was going to bring that. And I don't even think Ajax fans knew that. Like I, his first game for us, we talked a little bit about this last week. His first game for us against Manchester City, when he it was his first like extended cameo, he really didn't track back at all. Like it was it like I remember being pretty annoyed by it because he came on the pitch and you're like and he did okay, but he didn't really work back. I don't know. It's probably half of it is like obviously he has the wherewithal to do it and he's a professional athlete. Like he wants to get the ball, he wants to win, mm-hmm. but. Credit has to go to Moyes, and credit does not go to Moyes enough. Moyes has bled him in perfectly. There's not a single thing that you can complain about with how Moyes handled Kudus at this point. Absolutely not. You know, we he came he was came in slowly, and that was down to the fact that we were winning games without him. We were riding that form. The form went out. He came in. He was the perfect injection of everything we could have ever possibly that we were missing for for years that we were missing yeah for years that we've been missing somebody with that kind of just everything he has is something that we've lacked so much for so long i mean the goal threat the pace the directness the just ball striking i mean the goal he scored today with his right foot zipped across the turf or grass i should say Absolutely insane, and, and and he had he had, you know, it was it was a mistake, whatever. He still had two. They had both center backs to beat. 
Well, that's the thing, and that's that's what um, I was saying earlier about, and like what I was saying last week, and what I said on the Lost episode that I can't get enough of with this team is how many different ways we can beat you, and how many different guys we have who can beat you, and just how ruthless we are. Because you know, Bowen, obviously, we've had Bowen; he's had great seasons, um, but he was, you know, really the only guy who was going to really punish you. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. Like Antonio is a great player and one of the only few guys that we can trust outside of this first 11. Um, but he's not a ruthless type finisher. And, you know, Kudu's like, to some extent, is going to have to come down to earth because, like, the way he's outperforming his XG is just nuts. But, like, he's not going to come, like, like he, I think, historically has also outperformed his XG. I remember seeing, I don't know if that's correct, but when I remember it is correct. Whereas, like, somebody like Bowen is usually, like, right on par with it. Yeah. Um, so, but Kudus is a great finisher. Mm, like, he has shown that and more. But, man, like, just the ruthlessness of it. Because, look, you know, you give the ball away in a bad position. There's still a lot of work to do. And what I love oh, yeah. about that goal the most is it backs up exactly what uh, Kudus said in his post-match after the Wolves game. He said, when I see Lucas with the ball, I just run. My new gives that ball away. The first thing on Mo's mind is he just gives it straight to Paqueta and he just goes. And that's but that that's the exact kind of understanding that these three are building with each other is that they understand that if he has the ball, he will find me if I make that run. Bowen has known it for a long time, and I'm happy that that first goal happened because Bowen and Paqueta have done that on a million different occasions. Not a million, mm-hmm. obviously, but like they have tried that exact tried kind it. of movement before. And they've been really close. And for it to come off in a game like today is huge. But the two of them, both of those goals are really, I mean, the Bowen one's at a standstill. I don't know what the hell United are doing, um, leaving mm-hmm. Paqueta in that much space. Part of it should be down the Moyes because all three of our central midfielders are standing in the box. So you have a lot of bodies for the back line to account for. I don't. I honestly have no idea what the hell McTominay is doing or what he's thinking. <laughs> Because even when Piquetta receives the ball, he kind of just doesn't close him down, which is ridiculous to give a player with that level of creation ability that much time. And then Bowen makes the run. You could see it coming from a mile away. Yeah. But that's what's great. These two know if we give this guy the ball, he will find me. Because what I want to say before, we've seen Kudus, like Kudus, like if I had a pet peeve with him, It'd be sometimes I'm like, oh, just like lay it off. Like I know that you're a great juggler, and I love that he backs his ability. Um, and honestly, I wouldn't change this about him if I could, because I would rather him back himself. But he he is not afraid to you know take on guys at a numerical disadvantage. Mm-hmm. But he sees that that's Lucas Paqueta there, and he knows if I give it to him, like I'm gonna score if I give him the ball. And and the thing is about that specific thing is that he's also really good at like gaining an advantage out of those tight situations like there was like a like a no uh kudos when he's at a a disadvantage with the ball like multiple times today at least i noticed that like you know dribbling into corners dribbling on the sideline with no space and like two guys in front of him he always manages to either like like find space like make a pass or like even to like like, he doesn't use the ball even to like get a deflection and like get a throw in for us, that's like a yeah. huge win. Yeah, like he he's just so like he backs his ability so much, and it's because it pays off every single time. 
And that's the thing about players like him, like you're saying, is like it's not only the goals and the assists, it's the little things he does. He gets us up the pitch, he relieves pressure, he draws fouls, he wins throw-ins. Um, the other thing is uh, him, Piquetta, and Bowen also – I think Evans probably had multiple fouls on each of them. He should have been sent off today. Yeah, I think it's I, – th- there was the one – so we got the yellow card on Kudus, and then there was the one challenge on Piquetta in our own half that I, I think was the second yellow. It was his, like, third or fourth offense um, after the first yellow. It's it's ridiculous. So it's a good thing that we won today because he should not have been on the pitch. Um, it's, it's not like he was doing much anyway. Yeah, I didn't think he played well. I thought the, the kid played well. Yeah, I thought so too. What I don't know. I'm. I don't know how to pronounce it. So. Yeah, I don't want to say it wrong. Wrong. But yeah. um, he he played well. Um, I thought Manu honestly had a really good game until the mistake. Not not. I shouldn't say really good, but he's. I'm a fan of his. Yeah. I think that I think he's going to be a Manchester United player for a long time. Oh yeah. But that's the sure. thing is like these kids have to make mistakes. I'm happy to take it against us. He's he's probably their best midfielder. I I would not argue with you at all. The midfield is atrocious. Yeah. You know, dude, Fernandez today stunk. Terrible. And he's a rat, man. Like, he, I cannot stand him, dude. He, there's an incident in the first half. He's crying. He's crying. I, I really cannot stand him. He was terrible today. R- Rashford basically didn't touch the ball when he came on. I don't he know. He came on and they were, the, the game was over. I, I don't, I, but the thing about it is that I don't even think that that's his fault. Um, like, I don't even hate Ten Hag like that. I'm not one of these people who's drawing this all up to him. I think, I mean, he's largely culpable. I just, like, yeah, I don't think it's time to sack him yet. If things keep going badly in, like, February or March, then okay, fine. But, like, I just... He's shown enough. It's, like, give him a few more months, see if he can turn it around. But, anyways, what I'm saying is I don't understand that substitution at all. Like, Hoyland obviously, like, wasn't playing well or anything mm-hmm. like that. But to bring Rashford on for Hoyland instead of one of the wingers is, is nonsense to me because Garnacho did nothing. He had two chances gifted to him, and he made the wrong decision both times or messed it up in his own way. Um, besides that, he did nothing. Anthony was just not a threat in the slightest. Emerson and Kufal today were great. And, yeah, I just I – mean, if you were going to change something, you would bring Rashford on to play on the left wing, right, where he's going to see more yeah. of the ball and he's going to run at Kufal. I don't no, think Kufal's – the position he's good at, you know? Yeah. Yeah, the only also position that. he can play. <laughs> yeah, the position where he's not a literal man-child out there. Yeah. You want to hear a stat? Yes. Because um, you got a bunch of stats for me. I got a stat for you. Um, Anthony and Garnacho completed a combined one pass to Rasmus Hoyland today. That's insane. That is – that's ridiculous. <laughs> that's exactly what I'm saying is like – what is the point of taking Hoyland off for Rashford in that situation? Like, is he not watching the game? It could be Harry Kane out there. If he gets one pass from his winger, what can he do? I mean, Kane would come below the halfway line. No, no, no yeah. Like, but yeah, but like, yeah. No, I understand what you're saying, though. Like, it's – they were really bad today. They really did not take part in the game. And the announcers – we're saying, oh, it's a bad game of football. And I think, I guess, in hindsight, like it probably wasn't nice. But I thought, I thought it was a pretty easy watch. Like it wasn't like one of those games. It's hard to watch because, um, you know, we didn't really defend deep. We we pressed them, um, and they would like play around our press, but they would never play through it. 
So they had a lot of the ball just like between the midfielders and the defenders kind of like passing in and out of like our guys pressing. And that was how, again, same as Wolves and same as Freiburg, I thought that that was where we made that clean sheet was just by playing with intensity and not giving the guys at the back time of the ball and making it difficult to play out. Mm-hmm. Which like the pre- like the pressing shape like today, like so good. Like they really had, they had no plan. Like they, we, we like when, when other teams, I feel like when other teams have like 65% possession, that's like our sweet spot. Like we like, Dude, yeah. I mean, these kinds of games like today, we just, it's, it's our bread and butter, especially mm-hmm. teams like United who are just bad at breaking down a low block, just bad at it. Like, yeah. Um, but another set I wanted to tell you because we have not talked enough about Jared Bowen. I mean, he's going to be on 11 Premier League goals and 17 Premier League appearances. It's not even 2024 yet. He scored 13 goals this season, which is crazy. But here's here's the stat. Um, and it's not like a like – I didn't read this somewhere. I just kind of scrolled through his sofa score before we got on because I was curious. Um, since he's moved to striker, he's essentially scoring once with every 40 touches of the ball. <laughs> that is crazy. Or like every 50. So basically – he touches the ball around 30 times a game. Some games, it's like 40. Um, the most he's touched the ball at striker, I think he had 48 touches against Wolves. Um, and basically, he's scored in every game besides the Fulham one and the Freiburg one. I, I believe I'm right about that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Forrest was the first game he played striker, right? And he scored, yeah. Yeah. Was that the first game he played striker? That was the... That was the game after Brentford. Okay, yeah, he played he played checker against Brentford. He also scored, but he was in a two up front. I'm like more referring to when he plays one up front. Yeah. He basically touches the ball thirty times a game. He scored in every game besides Freiburg and um Fulham, which like I'm not even really counting Fulham, because like what the hell? He touches the ball around thirty or forty times a game, he scores once. Yeah, like we uh, that is it's un, like un, unheard of. He's uh, he's he's on like a Erling Holland type run right now, which is crazy. It's just from, like whenever he touches the wing. Yeah, well, because that's that's what's impressive about it too is like you know, and I don't think that him moving to the wing and that's where he's getting his goals the last two Premier League games should be should ring any alarm bells because the performances at striker are good. I think our, our system just like, you know, probably suits more goals, especially for that right wing spot. Mm-hmm. Um, but also like, I think that just speaks to how good he is on the right wing. Like we talked about last week, like this player has improved so much from two years ago when he was already good enough for England squad. I, at this point, there's no argument for him not to go to Germany this summer. Yeah. Um, if he doesn't, he could, Honestly, he could score four Premier League goals between now and the end of the season. He should be on that plane. He'll to probably... show to, to show this kind of form and how different of an option he is to their other wingers. To show that this is in him, if he score, if he has a fifteen Premier League goal season, even if he scores four times in the next seventeen appearances, probably have a few assists. He should be on the plane. He'll probably be the highest England 
Premier League goal scorer, even if he scores four goals for the rest of the season. Yeah, in the league. He yeah. the tear he's on, I've never seen a player score goals in a clip like this. It's he's scoring every game. It's it's unprecedented. I don't even know he's how to a, discuss it. He is akin to, to discuss it. He's akin to a Diafrasacco in twenty fourteen. <laughs> the only player who's similar. <laughs> scores when he wants, man. Mm-hmm. And you know who Diafrasacco did score against that year, unless I'm remembering it wrong? Who? Bristol City. And guess who we play in the FA Cup? Oh, man. Oh, man. Your poetic justice. You're next, Bristol City. <laughs> well, they're not next. He's got he's got another two goals in the chamber for Brighton and Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, I thought that that was crazy that he scored with that little of the ball. Um, not even that it's that little. Like, but, you know, it's It's getting up scraps there. up there. It's he's difficult getting- up there. He's got a tough job, and he's making he he's starting to like really revel in like yeah. the challenge. That, it's that, that's, it's funny that you say that because that's honestly what Moyes does to these strikers is he puts them up there and they hate it for a while, and he's like, "What you don't want it?" And then they just like <laughs> they, they just start to love the challenge of it being them against the world. Um, but speaking of Moyes. He won us that game today. I think it has to be said on here. We said it on the account too. He, the change he made won us that game. People are responding to that post, by the way, going like he does it every game. Like no, he moves Paqueta up front to see out games, and he moves like Kudus to the left and Bowen to the right, and he does it to see out wins, to hold the ball up and to keep the ball. Today it was mm-hmm. nil nil. He moved Paqueta up there and he brought Bowen out to the left. He also said this in his post match. If anybody wants to argue with me on it. Um, he brought Bowen out to the left. He said that he didn't really like how it looked. So he brought uh, Paqueta and Kudus in the middle. To me, it looked like a two-striker, like 4-4-2. But um, he said that he brought Kudus into the 10 and Paqueta up front. He put Bowen out on the right, and he had Ward Prowse playing on the left, but, like, tucked in. Like, you remember how uh, Blaise Matuidi played for France in the 2018 yeah, World Cup? Yeah. yeah, he had, like, Ward Prowse, like, tucked in like that. And he had Bowen in the Mbappe role. And guess who scored a goal? Mbappe. Mbappe. English Mbappe. English Mbappe. He is like Moyes is on like a serious, serious like run of games right now. I mean, the, the whole season he's been he he's been amazing. I, I think that for him to find this system and how the system has even just started to grow in such a short period of time and like. He's finding this kind of fluidity with these three attackers. That's what's most impressive to me about it is the fluidity of the system. Because Moyes, we, we know that Moyes can, you know, get really tactical and, like, outcoach people and, like, you know, coach. Like, I have two right backs on for Grealish, and we score three at the <laughs> and we win. Like, we, we've seen him do things where, like, he's won us games tactically. Um, I don't think I've ever seen a Moyes side play this fluidly. And I think, I think it a lot of it comes down to – how he feels about Lucas Paqueta. Mm-hmm. Like, he starts about on that left, but, I mean, how often do we see him in the middle and Ward Prowse? Ward Prowse is the perfect compliment, too. Just the, the that guy is willing to run anywhere. Yeah. He's, like, Moyes is, like, almost, like, inspired by Paqueta to, like, to to just be creative with, like, how he sets the team up. He it, knows it's that- really interesting, him with Paqueta. He's never really had a player of that just like sheer quality, like technical quality. Mm-hmm. Um, 
outside of United. Like mm-hmm. you've just never seen it for an extended period of time. And we've seen him in his older age with us, like actually like take steps in the modern direction. I think that the fact that we didn't keep him on the first time and then sent him away and he allegedly became obsessed with the Red Bull model. Um, I think that that was actually really, I think that was the best thing to happen for him. And the best thing to happen for us was that year and a half mm-hmm. apart. Yep. I'm sure he'll tell you the same thing. But yeah, I, he's, I, I, I don't understand how people, A, don't think he's a good coach and they don't think he's nothing more than like somebody who can keep you up, which by the way, has already been proven wrong. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and B, I don't know why they think it's boring. We've scored so many goals from open play. The fact that we have like a break in case of emergency, like set piece, like God, that got us through a few weeks. We're like, because really, if you think about it, the reason that we didn't play well from like Forest to Bakatapla, I want to say was the last one. Yeah. I mean, obviously, foam and stuff, but those like wins where we were kind of eking them out. The reason we didn't play that well is because Piquetta wasn't playing that well. It's like mm-hmm. the, the hard truth. Like, I mean, the Burnley game, he put in a shift and he was throwing himself around. But the hard truth about it was is that his the quality that we know he has wasn't there. And those, actually, I take that back. Forrest, he was great. Um, but yeah, like sometimes you just need to score a few set-piece goals. You're not going to be playing free-flowing football for nine months of a season where we play 60 games. Mm-hmm. But this is yeah, what it looks like when it works. We're yeah, we're not city like we're not fucking Liverpool like we're not just gonna go out there for thirty eight times and 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 run riot. They don't even do that. City also have games where they win with like a little Rogers set piece header or some nonsense like that. Exactly. Like we we're just really good, man. I don't even know what to say. Like he like Moyes has had such a hard job this year think about it like we yeah, lost that, yeah. we we lost the best player in the club's history and probably the best player in the world right now yeah well let's, let's be nice to dimitri Payet. uh in in premier league in, in premier league history you should say yeah one of the best players in that in in the in the current premier league the modern yeah. era yeah Declan Rice, um, even that should have should have had us at least take a year like to well, step back. That's what I had said to you at the beginning was like if we finish tenth and like give a good account of ourselves in Europe, like when that's it comes a, losing Rice, like you know it's a transition. Like we're gonna have to hold that. Mm-hmm. No and way above not, expectations. Not only have we dealt with that, we we brought in these players that like. Awesome, awesome players like Kudus and and Lord Prowse and Alvarez, but the fit wasn't really like it wasn't just like apparent. Like we didn't know like how all these pieces were gonna fit. Yes. Like Bowen and Kudus, like our best two attackers are both right wingers, and he had <laughs> to like figure out how to make them both operate at an extreme at the extremely high level that they can reach and he's they're doing that and not only is that happening for bowen he's having his best season ever and kudos came here and i don't even think anyone could even have imagined that he's doing as well as he is right now no both those things are true 
and Ward Prowse. He came in. He had a bad spell in a position where he like wasn't maybe comfortable Dude, playing. Moyes experimented with where he wanted to use Ward Prowse. Yeah. He he may have had an idea of where he wanted to play. He wanted to play Ward Prowse. It didn't work out. He adjusted it, and now Ward Prowse is playing awesome. I I it, the more I think about, it, I think Moy's Moy's idea for Ward Prowse was almost like okay, like against the big boys, like I'll play him in the ten role where he can like press them and harry them, and against the teams where we're gonna have a lot of the ball, maybe I'll bring him deeper, and he can kind of like help dictate and pass and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think he realized that that wasn't working that well. Um, he put a little bit more trust in Suchek. I think Aguirre's a huge part of what we do when we yep. have a lot of the ball. Absolutely. Um, and then Warprouse, and, and then you just bring Paquetta deeper, and you let Warprouse make those runs, and you get you give Paquetta another runner to look for. Um, mm-hmm. But something I wanted to touch on with what you said, uh, two separate things actually. The first one is a quick point about Bowen, where you said he's having his best season ever. His second best season ever for us, he had 12 Premier League goals and I believe 18 goals in all competitions. He has 11 Premier League goals and we're technically not even halfway through the season and he has 13 in all competitions. Like the rate that he is scoring at is out of this world. Um, Yeah, I mean, that is – an individual accomplishment as much as it is like Moyes figuring it out for him with kudos. Yeah. I, if he scores 20 goals in a Premier League season, I don't know what I'll do with myself. I'm going to get crazy, dude. 20, I'm going to get so crazy. A 20 goal scorer for West Ham United. That would be Man. crazy. Um, especially because kudos is going to hit double digits too. Yeah, he's already got nine in all comps. He like, j- like kind of. He kind of feels like he's still like hasn't he's, really played he, that much. He's yeah, and he's still finding things. Um, mm-hmm. But on Kudus, what I wanted to say was, first of all, you're completely right when you say we kind of had a team. We were like, okay, like how are we gonna make all these pieces fit? I mean, there's a lot of disagreement on Twitter, I should say, about it early. Um, and for Moyes to not only make the pieces fit. But to make them fit in such a seamless, like, beautiful way where you're, like, not only are you, like, making them fit and it's, like, kind of, like, square hole, like, round peg and square hole, which people want to say that Piquetta is on the left opponents. The role that Piquetta is playing is he essentially can do whatever he wants. Yeah. Um, and he's there to help Emerson defend because Emerson's going up and down that side. Who, By the way, Emerson is having the best season of his career. He's going to be – he's 29 right now. He's going to be 30 probably at the end of the season. I was, this I is was a player. Going. This is a player who's been inconsistent for as long as any of us have heard of him. He's inconsistently played for Chelsea. He's been inconsistent performer for Chelsea. Um, he did have a good season at Lyon, but it was still like not that crazy. We kind of like we, we put three on their heads at their own place. For him to play the way that he's playing is a testament to him, and it's a testament to Moyes. And I also think because. I think that winning that trophy that with us kind of like ignited something with Emerson and with a few other players too. I think with Paquetta, like that, you know, d- a demeanor change for a lot of these oh, players sure. after we won that trophy, very visually, um, not just with how they play, but like the confidence that they play with how they act and how they feel about the club and how much effort they put in. You can see something switched, but what I was actually getting to was that, the Moyes and Stuyton stuff should be dead. 
It should be mm-hmm. dead. It should never be a conversation again. They are actually so good for each other and comment each other. And we talked about this over the summer and kind of hinted at it as the signings were being made was that maybe this different, these perceived differences, I should say, that they have are actually good for each other. Yeah. Like, I, I remember having and, these conversations. And, and, and this goes for people on both sides, for people on the Stiton side and for people on the Moy side. You're both nuts. Like, <laughs> these two guys, like, first of all, they're professionals. They don't hate each other. They're not there's wasn't there a report that they got into a physical <laughs> altercation <laughs> like what the hell are we talking about no they didn't like no they did not like dude please do not release that uh, that was like male sport or whatever the hell people are reading that like, sure steinberg was behind it yeah like that is ridiculous like they know how rabid our fan base is they know that they can get clicks with nonsense like that that did not happen i promise you that the 65-year-old man and this 50-year-old man did not get into a physical altercation over James Ward Prowse. I promise. And I, I do think that Saiten probably had some reservations about Ward Prowse. And I think that Moyes probably, you know what he probably did? He probably showed him numbers and analytics that prove why Ward Prowse is going to help West Ham, which is what people on the Moyes side think that Saiten trying to do the Moyes. Look, they're – Two people who have grown up in completely different ways of looking at this game, who are very good at what they do, especially when it comes to talent ID. Both of them have mm-hmm. very long and proven track records. And them working together, Kudus is one of the best signings I've ever seen. He's easily the best quote-unquote big money signing we've made. I mean, it depends if you want to consider Bowen that. But Bowen is like... Like he's like eighteen, rising to like twenty four or something like that. Like and like anything that's thirty plus, and th- like and I say that with all due respect to Lucas Paqueta, who's been amazing, and honestly, as a record signing, he's fulfilled all expectations. But kudos yes. to hit the ground running the way he has, and to be so perfect for Moy's style, and to be so perfect for how we play when everybody's like, oh, this is a Stiten guy, and for Stiten to sell him on the project. Like, come on, man. Like, mm-hmm. like, let's appreciate the fact that we have two people who are able to work together and get the best out of each other with different viewpoints. That's that's what you want in the room, right? Like, when you're t- yeah. you don't want a bunch of guys being like, oh, yeah, like, like you know, James Darkowski, great player. Like, let's get him in. Yeah, like, he's a real hard-nosed defender. Like, no, you want to have an ongoing conversation where you can actually come to a conclusion that is right. And you know what? That's and the other thing about it that drives me crazy is that Stiton wasn't even announced as our technical director until like what July fourth. Yeah, we weren't going to make a signing before he was appointed, and we sure as hell weren't going to make a signing in his first two or three weeks. They they have to go through the whole process with him. And Rice didn't even officially move to Arsenal until July fifteenth, I think, even yeah, though it was, it was like done on like July fifth. Like mm-hmm. we were never going to spend money before Rice joined, and you know. There was real cause for concern over the summer. Like, fair enough. But to act like these guys hated each other and that that's why things took long. No, this is a job. And this is like a really important job. That they weren't just going to go willy-nilly, oh, like, well, we could have gone for Alvarez earlier. Like, no, like, Ornstein reported, I think it was July 4th or somewhere around there, that we were like in talks for Alvarez. Like you think that we actually got that deal done in 48 hours 
Or do you think that we were laying the framework and the groundwork for a few weeks like we do with every other chance? Or maybe it just wasn't in the news because we have more of like an infrastructure. That Moyes really is the reason has been built and the reason why we're not such a circus anymore in the transfer market or as much of a circus, I should say. And Stuyton's only going to help that. They can only be good for each other. And Stuyton, another thing about Stuyton, you know what? If things don't go right with Moyes, if Moyes has to leave one day, and he will have to leave one day, he's old. But, like, even if he leave, if things go wrong second half of the season and he has to go at the end of the season, we say our goodbyes, that would suck. But now you have somebody in place who – can appoint a manager and can work with a manager because our one of our biggest issues is that we didn't have a front office quote unquote guy like this to appoint a manager. We just had David Sullivan mm-hmm. bringing in somebody who was going to do what David Sullivan wanted to do, essentially. Yep, that's my rant on that whole thing. I don't know how long I just talked for, but that it drives me crazy that there's like this because there's still a divide. You see it yeah. like there's still a divide between the Stuyton stuff and the Moy stuff. It's crazy to me. It's like these, like these, like the this rift. It's just not. It's just it not reality. Exist. It doesn't exist in the real world. It doesn't exist. Because, dude, and the other thing that you see is it, it, there's reports like uh, we had the dinner or whatever the West Ham had like the Christmas party. Moyes and Stuyton were seen were seen laughing together. Like, yeah, they're coworkers at the Christmas party. They're gonna talk to each other, and then Claire and Booze. Well, I will name drop because fuck that you. guy. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> but, dude, Claire and Booze, um, that guy, he said that he – after the Freiburg and Wolves games, he said that he thinks that Moyes is starting to listen to other people because Stuyton and Moyes were seen talking before the Wolves game. And he thinks that Stuyton is like somehow playing a part in this new, and in, in his eyes, what's a new style of play, and everybody else's eyes, what we've been trying to do. And now the team is cohesive, and the press is coming together, and we're pressing as a team, and these players are gelling, and we're just playing with more intensity. Like, do do you think that we played with more intensity against Freiburg and Wolves because Stuyton made a, a sixty second phone call <laughs> to Moyes, or do you think it's because Moyes gave the players who were sick as dogs? and tired and run down after a demanding fixture list two days off after a 5 nil loss. Like, oh, like, no wonder we came back rejuvenated. He gave them two days off in the middle of the busiest time of the season. No, man, it was fucking – it was Haitinga. He was he was laying out the tactics for Moyes. Moyes is a puppet. Moyes is a puppet for, for Haitinga and Sidon. <laughs> Don't forget uh, Nolan. Yeah, no, man. no one is managing the European games. That's <laughs> <laughs> all. That's only when we play good, though. Whenever we lose, it's Moyes. Moyes gets another chance. Oh my god, Ugh. dude! Don't don't ever mention that guy's name again. I actually got so pissed off. He's such <laughs> a disgusting grifter. Like he 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 is grifting though. He's just stealing money from people because he's the Twitter blue thing, and he's just stealing views. It's 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 sick. It's sickening. It's I it's a sickness. It really is, man. But yeah, right. we're, I gotta say something bad about Moyes. All right, say something bad about Moyes. No, but just the last point is like having so like he's not perfect, and you can't expect the manager to be perfect. I think his two biggest mistakes this year 
that I mean, one of them I'd back. Like the the rotation against Olympiacos, completely fine with me. But that's the reason that we lost that game and that European run ended. And then the rotation against Liverpool, he he rotated too much. He he shouldn't have done that. Um, and while I understand that, and part of the reason, and I know that you're going to say this, and you can really go in on these guys, but part of the reason is like these squad players have to be better, and people will say, well, they don't play enough. I I think that they do. I think that maybe like Carrer doesn't play enough, um, and like Ben Rama has had a hard time of it lately. But like acting like for Fernandes has played like 150 Premier League minutes this month. Like, come on. Listen, I don't, I don't buy into that. I don't buy into that at all. Saeed Ben Rama has had 17 appearances this season, and he's done shit with all of them. Respect he's done nothing with all of them. Yeah, at Brighton. Brentford. Oh, Brighton. The, the assist at Brighton. The Brighton game and the Brentford game. Yes. Can have those. Other than that, he's done absolutely nothing with every single opportunity he's been given this season. Burnley away. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> no, no, but I, I do agree with you. I do agree with you. And other than penalties, he's done next to nothing with starting every single game last season. He's had enough opportunities. Ben Johnson has not played a Premier League minute since Brentford last season. And then he today. Besides today, I'm talking yeah. about the, the Liverpool game. He was fantastic. He was one of the best players on the field. It does not matter. It, it matters a little bit. But at the end of the day, it's up to the players to stay sharp and to stay ready. And playing games, that's yeah, something to be earned. It's not, oh, I need to play this guy to keep him in the loop and to keep him, you know, in form or whatever. This is not FIFA. This is real life. If you want to make it, you want to earn a spot on the team, Saeed, you need to show it in the games that you get to play because there are many players in the team that are not playing as often as you. And whenever you play, you are really fucking bad. Also, that go- clearly that go- something happened in training because he yeah. flipped from Ben Rama to Fornhouse. Exactly. Like, clearly, he's exactly. being outperformed by people in his position group. And you know what? It was that was great because Fornals has been playing so much better than Ben Rama from the moment that that switch occurred, where Fornals went from not playing to playing a lot. So even that like short like what was his first sub appearance? It was like ten minutes. It was uh, it was one of the really bad losses. It was one of those games where uh, we weren't playing well and he brought him on, and it was like oh here comes Fornals. <laughs> I didn't know, and he was good. And he was good. No, 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 no. He was good. I, I cannot yeah. remember what game that was. I'm gonna go check right now. But that's the thing about Pablo Fornals is that he, like, and you know, I, I, think that there's something to be said. Like, you're allowed to be upset that you're not playing games, and like, you're not, you're even allowed to say stuff. But when your chance comes, try. Okay. I mean, Ben Rama did try against Liverpool. I will. He did run. But you I, have. I, he was pulling out of challenges. He was. He, he did start doing that. I'm actually with you. He on was that. being selfish. I think it was Palace. Fornals came on. Yes, yes. Palace. Yes, and it was, he was, it very was good. the 89th minute he came on. Was it the game before that? And he, yeah, and he created a chance. And he created a chance. Oh, he did. A, yes, a clear cut right. Bowen chance that he kind of fluffed. Yeah, and that's but the thing I about Pablo Fornals is that he and he did this all last year too. Is he will try and try and try and he will take those chances. Sometimes he's not always going to take it. Not always going to play well. 
But Fornals is pretty consistently like he will do himself justice when he's on the pitch. And that cannot be said for a lot of those players who lost. Um, I, I still think that Moyes is wrong for rotating as much as he did. Uh, did he really need to rest the captain more press? Did he really need to play Aguana? Like there, there are very serious questions you can ask about that team. I do think he messed it up. It's a cup quarterfinal. He should have gone for it a little bit more. But I do understand that he's in a very difficult position because the fixtureless and Klopp said it too. The fixtureless is ridiculous. You should not have played an early game on a Saturday after playing at eight o'clock on a Wednesday night. That it's some. It just has to be fixed. Like mm-hmm. that can't happen. We should have played on Sunday today. We don't. Or I guess, like, why can't we be the Christmas Eve game? I understand that people hate the Christmas Eve games, and I totally respect that. Yeah. But, like, if you're going to have one, why can't it be the team that had a play on Wednesday night? Like, they these fixtures were scheduled after the Carabao Cup quarterfinals were set. Um, and another why thing about it, be, like, I was going to say, look, they there have been over, like, since COVID happened, there are 8 p.m. games on Saturdays now sometimes. Mm-hmm. Why could we have not played at 8 p.m. tonight? Why not? Yeah. yeah like, he it's, won, it's, so it's, it's fine. Be... But, like, he has to uh, chop and change. And, like, they just have to – they have to give these guys help because I understand a lot, these games have to happen. But you, you, they just – they have to do more to try and help. I'm gonna just come out and say, like, I agree. I honestly like after the game and after this United performance, Moyes handled this week perfectly. It it does it, it does come down because he has to be able to rotate. He was put in an impossible position, and he had to do what he had to do. The guys that he rotated, the other the guys that he rested on Wednesday, won us the game on Sunday. So yeah, it worked. It worked, you know. Um, it, the the blame is on the players in the field. At the end of the day, Ben Rama was terrible. Ogbonna was he? I he, think this is once and up. for all. He, it's he over. Can't be it's I love him more than the next guy. Same for you. He. It's over, man. He can't play anymore. He's so bad. He cannot move. He <laughs> like. He's uh, he's like a he's a shell of himself, man. It's over. It's been over since he tore his ACL. It's no, over. No, no. Be nice to some of the performances last year. He's had, he had he had a couple of good low block games where he like legitimately did not have to move. <laughs> the the tank was the tank was very close to E last year, and he gave us everything he had left to help us stay up last year. Because if you think about it, his best game last year was the Fulham game. Yeah, which was really probably the difference between us going down and not winning the conference league and like just staying with low confidence and really going through it, or you know starting to build up some confidence. And he That's was the thing. And, like in that deep low block, he legitimately like just has to stand there and like be in the right position. Like, <laughs> like there was no lateral. He only think he moved laterally during <laughs> that game. Like he was still cooked. Like let's let's not get things twisted. I'm gonna be nice to him, but yeah, he he, he can't see the field again. I I do love him. He's a great great voice. Um, um, I was gonna be more 
more harsh on Mavropanos, but he was he really was, good. Today. He was, yeah, he was really bad against Liverpool. But, but for as good today. as as good as he was today, he was atrocious against Liverpool. And part of that, I'm sure, is uh, being like next to Bana, But he was so and erratic with the ball. The like, intensity of that Liverpool press got to him early. Yeah, they never the pressure scrambled his brain. Yeah, even he, when um, we were on the front foot, he like. Like after the goal, he was still frazzled and he gave yeah. away the fifth. Um, who else do I want to talk shit about? Suchek was terrible. Dude, um, he was. I thought Suchek might have been the worst player on the pitch against Liverpool. It was him, that's him, a, him, Mavropanos, um, Ben Rama, Kudus. Yeah. And that's the thing. It wasn't even like, it wasn't even just the rotated players that were like that were undercutting us it was like it was, it was just the, bowen alvarez and johnson who could hold their head up high even yeah. ariel was yeah. just so shaky who had a good yeah, game today i'm i'm happy he started today i'm really happy he got a clean sheet because he had he had that little mistake where the ball squirmed you see it all the time where the keeper the ball squirms away and it goes into the back of the net but it went wide of the post today in the first half yeah. um but hopefully that clean sheet can help him build confidence and is that three? Is that three clean sheets in four games for us? Yes. Look at us. And then uh, five goals conceded in five, or two games of five goals conceded in five. It's the weird. I'm not, like, it's the weirdest run ever. It's so weird. It's just the fixture list. It's That's the it's the fixture list, and it's the fact that we can only trust like thirteen or fourteen players outside outside of the first eleven. We can trust Antonio. Mavropanos and Lucas Fabianski, from Moyes' yeah. point of view. From my point of view, too. I think uh, and and Fornals, Fornals. For, Fornals to an extent. Um, no, I trust him. He he can play a part, like, off the bench. But it's just, it's not enough. Uh, he doesn't trust Carrera. I I don't think that there's any reason for him to start a bomb at center back over Carrera, and that's worrying because God forbid happens anything to one of these center backs from the extended period, especially Aguirre while is Aguirre going to is, especially while Aguirre is at AFCON. We can get through that period just about. But like uh, it's and it happens because we're trying the last two years have been a very deliberate attempt between the summer where we signed Paqueta and the summer where we signed Kudus. It's been a very deliberate attempt to raise the baseline level of the squad. And now that we're like halfway there or like really getting there, some of these other players, Ben Rama very specifically, he's a big one of them, mm-hmm. are getting weeded out. Where you're yeah. you're not at this level. It's sad. It's okay. No, I'm over it. Like, but it but it sucks because I, I did like him. I mean, I, I like him. And he, I think he gave us he gave nice us a lot, guy. man. And you know what? He's a good guy. And he scored that goal in the final. And to be honest, he paid his fee. Yeah, he paid yeah, so. But it's time to go. It's 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 been time, dude. It's. What do you think we can get for him? Um, we probably probably get probably recuperate a pretty decent amount of that fee. Probably like fifteen to twenty. I was thinking like twelve to fifteen. I'd be happy with twelve. To yeah, 16. I would be. I would. I would be like whatever we can get. We can get. Like I'm not gonna hold out for anything. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. It's more important that he goes than the fee that we get. I just hope that this Leon interest is real. Yeah. Or I'm, sure Fulham, I'm sure Fulham 
my like he would be like they would be he's like, he's there he's their type of player uh yeah, technically at he, least he's like close with the up like he's close with the up and so, so marco sobo loves a clown attacker that he can like fix <laughs> exactly like, like andres pereira see. dude like he's like pretty solid for them but he was a joke at United. Like he was a, a joke. He was a joke in La Liga. Like he was a loser. <laughs> it's like him and Willian is like yeah. Willian, Raul Jimenez. Raul Jimenez is like permanent CTE. Like this is like the biggest clown show. And like Marco Silva looked at them individually and was like, "I see something in you." He was like, "You like, still have something in the tank." When everybody, like, oh, when everybody thought they didn't. Raul Jimenez cannot complete a sentence. <laughs> and 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 Marco Silva was like, listen here, you're gonna score you're gonna score goals from me. And Car- Carlos League. Vinicius too is another one. Not that he's been like a success for Fulham, but he's another one who like failed at Tottenham miserably. I don't even know how he ended up at Fulham. They probably just sent them there. They just like get go, just get far away from here. <laughs> yeah, just like, you don't have to go anywhere. Like you don't have to you have to go like a specific place, but you cannot stay here. <laughs> yeah. Like you have to go. <laughs> yeah, and then um, it's weird because William specifically after the Arsenal sent, he went somewhere. He was in he was in Turkey. Turkey or. China or Saudi, I cannot remember where he went. Freaky. But his career was over. <laughs> yeah. And he came back last year. He was their best player. So yeah. Yeah, he was like the difference. Um, I have a question for you before we move on. Yeah. Um, he's actually he's actually, he was actually at Corinthians. He's at Corinthians. He was back in Brazil. Yeah, he was at Corinthians. That's right. That's right. He was And he brought him back to that. That is that is. Absurd. You never heard that. You never hear that. Doesn't that doesn't happen. Imagine Lanzini comes back. <laughs> yeah, dude. Europe. That'd be terrible. Uh, you, can only, you can only hope. Um, I have a question for you. How, like, we weren't, I'm going to preface this by saying we weren't that rotated against Liverpool. We still had a lot of starters out on the pitch. The, the, the rotated players were... That's that's what I'm that's what I'm getting that's what I'm getting. Are you especially concerned that without Paqueta specifically specifically Paqueta and Emerson Paqueta Emerson and Aguard and Alvarez Alvarez playing? Oh oh I thought that you were getting into something else. Sorry. I'll no no I, I no I no this this actually like. This can be like he. We can include him in this. Are you concerned that we are so over reliant on like two or three players? Yes. Three or three or four. Yes, I think without that... without the, like without Paqueta, even Kudus looked like shit. Like that was really concerning to me. I think, and I don't. I don't. Not gonna like make it a one to one. It's not. But like. Kudus played well at Brentford without Paqueta. Yeah, but like, but I think just generally, like, without Paqueta and Emerson and Aguirre, we were really fucking bad. And I think we still had like seven or eight starters out there. So what's up? This is actually good because it actually will help me talk about something else I wanted to talk about. Um, but so that's what I was saying before about that we can only really trust fourteen guys. 
it's a huge issue because you lose Emerson, Paqueta, or Alvarez, you're essentially screwed. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's just no six cover that is viable. We The two Premier League games we've played without Alvarez, we've been ran through. Even when he wasn't playing that well and he was sick, he was still something. Now he's playing really well again, which is awesome to see. Um, but without it's Alvarez, necessary. without Alvarez, the season is essentially over. Um, if he went down without Paqueta, the season is essentially over unless you sign the left winger in January, who is actually good. Um, and even then, like you're just you're talking about a different team at that point because there's mm-hmm. the role that we'd he plays. To... The the role that he plays cannot be it's not replicated by anybody else in the squad. We'd have to change everything. Yeah, I don't um, even know how we would change things. And then Emerson. Emerson is a big reason why, look, I, January is so difficult because I, I do think that we'll spend, I don't think that we'll spend an obscene amount, and I don't know how many players we will sign. If I could sign one position, I'm torn between um, someone like Kyle Walker-Peters at the right price. Um, that, his, that name's gotten really popular in West Ham circles, which I kind of hate. That was my guy long ago. We got to start gatekeeping. Wanted, I wanted to sign him for years. Um, but I think that he would really help on the right in terms of, um, especially like Kufal probably has like better higher defensive games than him, like at a higher level, but he can all, he can defend. Um, I think that the ball carrying would help us a lot. I think his technical ability would help us a lot. He can like invert kind of like Emerson does. He can help link with Kudus. I think Kudus would be more willing to link with him. I do think that sometimes Kudus isn't as willing to link with Kufal, but I also think mm-hmm. that Kudus has brought more out of Kufal than Bowen used to. I think that Kufal does look to play more with him. Mm-hmm. It's encouraging. Um, but He's the, kind of forced to. Yeah. But the, the big so thing. So much running through Kudus like in build-up, whereas yeah. Bowen was, was so high up the pitch. You yeah. know, the, the big thing for me about Kyle Walker-Peters is that he can play both sides seamlessly. And he also has that ball-carrying ability that would help and relieve. Because like, when we don't have Emerson, Cresswell obviously is not nearly the player he even was 10 months ago. Um, but bigger than that, the system that we're playing now, the left back is asked to do so much athletically up and down that left side. Yeah. Where Cresswell really can't play that role. Um, it's going to have to be Ben Johnson is what he's going to have to try. And with Ben Johnson, it's so game to game. I think he's better, um, especially with the ball when he plays on the left. So I think that will help, especially playing with somebody like Paqueta. I mean, I actually showed some against Liverpool some ability to carry the ball, which I think is which new was, in his game. It's new to me. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, the fearlessness was crazy. Yeah, we we can yeah. talk about it more, but make the point. But yeah, and so basically, that's why Kyle Walker Peters is so. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not endearing. He's so interesting to me, intriguing, um, because he can really help relieve Emerson a little bit uh, and like just take so much pressure off his shoulders and he can push Kufal and probably start over Kufal a lot of times. But Moyes also loves Kufal and with Kufal and Walker Peters, they can rotate which games are playing this way. Sometimes you can give Emerson the rest instead of Walker Peters or Kufal. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just a pipe dream though right now. Um, if Saints want Ben Johnson, maybe we can figure something out with them. Yeah. I don't know. I really do hope that they want Ben Johnson. As much as I love him, I think that would be a good move for him. I think he'd play a lot of football. I think he'd improve. And I think he would end up as a Premier League player. 
Absolutely. Uh, if he went there. Um, Absolutely. And I think that if we get Walker Peters in return, that would be great. Uh, with Alvarez, I mean, I don't think that we're going to sign a midfielder in January. Just it doesn't. It's December 23rd. We haven't heard one midfielder's name. Um, oh, we heard Andre. Yeah, but we'll see. I'm not confident, though. Uh, but, like, I'm not confident we'll sign a midfielder, which is scary. Because um, in any sense, I think that we do need one. Like, you need somebody who can play six and who can push Suchek for games is what you need. But at the very mm-hmm. least, you need somebody who can play six. Um, and then when it comes to attackers, I'm not as uh, – a lot of people want a striker, and that's the concern is, like, if we do sign someone, I think we'll sign a striker. I don't think that we need one. Uh, between how well Bowen is playing with Antonio coming back, put some goddamn trust in Divine Obama. Um, how much more attacking output do these people want, man? Oh, uh, uh, but, but like someone to help relieve pressure because we do we do need somebody to play on the left. I'd be I would be personally if we could sign Walker Peters and a midfielder. Like if you could, not that this is even feasible. But if you could sign Walker Peters and Andre in January and then sell Ben Rama for $15 million and then send Johnson the other way in the deal with Saints, it, I, can't, I can't imagine a better window than that. That's a pipe dream, but that would be the ideal scenario. Because I yeah, think I mean, uh, we're fine at striker. Um, people want Cherokee. That would be cool. But, like, I don't know. I don't buy that those links are that uh, concrete yet. I would like it. I don't know. I don't know. I I just don't see us doing something like that in in the winter. It would it would be like a Ben Rama replacement and and Turkey like it just it would feel weird. He's like such a highly rated guy. He would be great. Really I, I think I think that it could be He's, that it could work out really well. His 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 big Premier League move is going to be to West Ham. To be our sixth attacker, basically. Is I mean, Mo Kudus moved the last time. And Cherokee's had a really rough time of it the last year and a half. Kudus came to West Ham. To be the guy, to, yeah. To be the guy. Not only this season, but really when Paqueta leaves next season, yeah. he's going to be the guy. Well, hopefully Paqueta's betting scandal gets dragged out and he's here for life. Dude, like I like was thinking about this today. How how could any of these front four guys leave with how well they're playing? They with just each other? gotta have so much fun together. Like, where do like, what other like project entices you? The other like, thing more about than them, what's like going on right now. The other thing about them, with Piquetta, Bowen, Piquetta with City, Bowen with Liverpool, and Kudus with anybody. If you want to talk to us in January, the conversation can start at one hundred and fifty million. I'm being dead serious because yeah. like maybe yeah. like in the summer, like maybe you can start at like 120 with some of these guys, but the, but the output that they're putting out, um, obviously to get those, the 85 million clause allegedly, which is fine. Um, like in the summer, but like, if do you want to talk to these guys in January? No, like you have to be talking about like comical cartoon money. Mm-hmm. If you even, if you even want to get us in the room. Um, yep, man, I forgot about that eighty-five million. He's gonna leave on Ju- on July first, maybe or June first. Maybe, Whatever. maybe, maybe he'll sign a new contract. 
Also, um, I'm not sure if Premier League clubs actually have like clauses like that legally binding. Like, I'm pretty sure they're a handshake thing in England. Mm. Um, that's just something I've heard. Um, but what I did want to talk about earlier before we end, um, the reason I didn't mention anything about Aguirre is I'm higher on Mavropanos than you are. And it's not that I'm exactly high on him. I just think that he has so much going for him as a defender. Uh, he is really great at defending on the front foot um, when we have a lot of the ball and like defending high up and winning the ball high up and keeping the pressure on. Um, he's an athletic freak, really. Uh, and he can play with the ball a little bit. Uh, maybe needs to get like can't get as shook as he got at Liverpool. But I think I think the big thing with him is just he's the, the Bundesliga is so ingrained in him, and Moyes just <laughs> has to beat it out of him. And I think that's starting to happen. He's looked. He's had games next to a Garrett where he looks fantastic. He looked great today with Zuma. Who Zuma was my man of the match, by the way. I gave um because we didn't say a word about Zuma. It deserves to be said. He was my man of the match. He does his best performance this season. He is a spectacular defender too. Yeah, I I I like that um, you put that there. I gave a pick out the co-man of the match because he was also I thought it was great. Every he gave us two people nines. Yeah, but I gave those two the stars. Because yeah. um, every flick for Paquetta was coming off, every little one touch pass was coming off. But I thought I thought Zuma was the, the rock of the performance. I thought Paquetta was like the cherry on top. He had that one clearance, uh the, yeah, like the one that was across the face. Yeah. Oh my god. That's great. That saved the game. Yeah. It's stuff like that that makes a difference. I mean, he is he's really special. Uh, he's and he's gotten to the point with us now, especially as the captain, where it's just such a given that he's a seven or eight out of ten every week. Mm-hmm. He had a, a few weird moments. He had the one uh, forest where he just didn't track back. The ball got oh, given yeah. away, and he just didn't run back. Oh yeah, what was the, what was this deal? And he probably hurt, it probably hurts for him to run, dude. Um, hmm. it's a good thing that our Christmas schedule is the way it is because he can play against. Arsenal and Brighton. Five days yeah. each, he'll be fine. And then he can get like twenty days off after. Go to the hospital for like a week for his knee or something. Uh, but yeah, I, I I think that there's a lot to like about Mavropanos, and I think he's one of those players where you know sometimes guys come in and they take a year. You know, like not everybody's Mokudus. Like mm-hmm. some guys will take longer. Um, and I think, honestly, I think Moyes is a great coach for Mavropanos to have. And I think that we're going to see a good from him at West Ham. I think that we will. And then hopefully we sign another center back in the summer because Carrera can't be trusted, apparently. Um, and it's not even that I think he can or that he can't. It's just weird to me. <laughs> like, Moyes used to pick him so often. Yeah. When he so first started. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with Mavropanos, it's like, I don't know. I Maybe I was expecting more because of his, like, insane Bundesliga. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. But a, you forgot that he was a Bundesliga player. Yeah. And it's just like, it just doesn't pop. His game doesn't pop the way when Aguirre got here. And it's like, whoa, this guy is like a different, like, yeah, you were expecting kind of player. A Gerd level impact as a center back, and it's fine. I mean, he's not that. Yeah, maybe that's unfair of me. And um, I also think, just really quickly, 
because I do want to let you talk, and I feel like I haven't been doing that today, so I apologize. But um, apology accepted. No. So you think that? Um, no, no, but, no, no, no. <laughs> but uh, I just want to say about Nia Figueroa, it's it's time for people to recognize that he is having a good season. Like this isn't like a, a great mixed, season. Uh, this isn't a mixed bag. He had a few shaky weeks early in the season. The red card against Chelsea is ridiculous. I think that probably messed up his confidence a little bit. The mistakes against City and Liverpool are bad. They're bad. Um, he has struggled in a deep block a few times because he does like to play a little higher maybe than Zuma does. But I think I think that he found his form. I think he's been wrongly blamed for a few different goals, including mm-hmm. the one at Newcastle or at home against Newcastle. Yeah. I think that he is having a good season. I think he's been great um, over the last two months. I think he's been a huge part of our success over the last two months. Yeah. Just like and you know the. Some of the passes he plays, the one the kudos against Arsenal comes to mind. But like, he's very important for us. Just between passing angles, which are real, no matter what anybody wants to say, there's a reason every top coach, every not just top coach, every coach in the world cares about passing angles now. Um, Aguirre's incredibly important to what we do, and we'll miss him. But if Mavropanos can find some form like he did today, and maybe not do a back heel with three United players around him, dude, what? <laughs> he'll be fine. <laughs> what was he doing? <laughs> like, what was the re- what was he trying to do? <laughs> That's uh, what I wanted to know. Listen, it's just crazy. I, like with Aguirre, I guess people like. People like really jumped on him. For, you they were like, excited to. Don't say they, because you were one of them. No, 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 no. I was critical, but I was fairly critical. People, people were dropping him. I only said that he should have been dropped after the Liverpool game. Yeah, I mean that was that was bad. Um, Besides, I've been but, there for him. And by the way, I also have said when he's played well. Long before anybody else was willing to do that. You're right. You're right. You're right. I'm just um, trying to be impartial here. I'm not. So, because I get it. I get it with him. He, like, is, like, the bedrock of our first phase of build-up. Like, it, without him, we are nothing. Like, we like we just can't build out. If it's Because it's, even playing long passes... Because yeah. Ariola can't do it, he's he like he throws it. Yeah, his best is when he throws it because like, with it. his feet, it's it's inconsistent. He's like the only one. Like Aguirre is our best long passer. He's our best short passer. Like other than like Paqueta, like in terms yeah, of like yeah, yeah, yeah. You're talking building about, like, first, out from the back. You're talking about the first phase, yeah. Yeah, like building out from the back. Like he is everything, and without him, like we just can't. It's so important because that's how you like build and then maintain like consistent pressure. Is yeah. like as having like that like he depends on pressure. the front foot really well too. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, that's like not even discussing his defending, which has been I I think understated this season. I agree. Um, um, it's like even when he's not defending well, it's just so important for him to have him in the team. Um. And I, I think that's why I like I, I mentioned this to you earlier. Like I like kinda like was predisposed to like not liking Mavropanos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of the amount of people that were like 
begging for this guy. That's this the other random, thing. They did not girl. know. They didn't know if he was. Nobody that good. had ever seen the like. Nobody had ever seen Mavropanos play. N- not not ever. since he left Arsenal. Yeah, and it was seven appearances, and he was just like a guy. Mm-hmm. It was like a, it was just like a, who the hell is this? <laughs> yeah. Like a Greek guy, hard hard name to pronounce. Like okay, like who who is this big I mean. galoop that Arsene Wenger has on the pitch right now? <laughs> <laughs> and, and and yeah, I, I people just didn't see it how important a Garrett is, and it made me really upset. Uh, and I I think more people see it now. Um, the Liverpool game should wake everybody up. Straight the, up. The the thing that's crazy with the Garrett is like people people really, in my opinion, have not given him his flowers since he's been playing mm-hmm. well again, which is crazy to me. He's been here. We'll like forget his injury at the beginning. He's been here for a year now. Mm-hmm. He had two bad months. Yeah, come on. Like, let's be serious. Um, and I think and enough, I think how, something people have to live with with him. This is the modern age. We have to play out of the back sometimes. Everybody does it. When he tries to play a line breaking pass, if he gives the ball away, you have to live with that sometimes. Because he did it um, his last game he played once, and I was just like, Ugh. like it drove me a little mm-hmm. crazy. But it's what happens. Like if you watch City, it, like Ederson, like we've talked about this with goalkeepers before. It's like Onana and Ederson, and I know people will hate Onana, so I'm not going to really bring – but Ederson, dude, will give the ball away in the most ridiculous positions you've ever seen sometimes. he Ederson does things that drive you crazy. Allison is the best goalkeeper in the world, one of the best goal, Premier League goalkeepers of all time, no matter what anybody wants to think. Mm-hmm. And he does things that drive you crazy sometimes. Like, this is what happens with players in that first phase in the modern age of this game. Because it's it's disgusting to look at when they give it away. Mm-hmm. But it happens. It's, it's just more noticeable when, when you mess up one time versus the hundred times where you do things correctly and it, and it leads to exactly. a goal down the line or, like, you know, things like that. And it should um, be said about Moyes, too, and we talked about this when things weren't going as well with the Garrett, that he was sticking with that four so heavily so they could build that continuity that we didn't really have last year so they could like really become a unit and start to play together. And I think that this 11 in general and the back four is starting to become a true unit, which is why we yeah. look so comfortable, even with Mavropanos coming in today, which is why we've looked so comfortable in these last three clean sheets that we've kept with this like same system and back line. And I think credit has to go to Moyes for that, for building that continuity and sticking with it, even when things were a little rocky mm-hmm. and not chopping yeah, and changing that, and chopping and changing. That this is that this is like the theme of like this form is the fact that like the 11 guys that like are on the pitch have like, so like they gel and work so much together like they they work so well. They're one entity. But then that like when you like lose a couple of those guys, that's that, it. like that continuity like crumbles so immediately. It's and scary. All of a sudden, these guys these like guys are human again, and they make mistakes. Yeah. And it's like whoa, like Sutek isn't like a wizard with the ball. Like what the fuck's <laughs> going on? We we are a very weird team. I'll say that we're weird. 
Like, because if things if we lose the wrong guy, it's gonna get yucky. Um, but for right now, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna well, enjoy this one. Yeah, I think well, I have anything to say. Man, fix that Christmas. Sixth How about that Christmas? Who would have thought? Sixth mm-hmm. in the top six yeah. in the Europa League last sixteen. Thank you everybody for listening to us today. We're gonna sign off on that note. Uh, Merry oh, yeah. Christmas. Probably listening to this before or after or on Christmas Day at night. Thanks for tuning in. Merry <laughs> while Christmas. you're while you're opening presents. While you're opening presents. Merry Christmas. Um, <laughs> hit up the blog at uh, hammering awayblog Follow us on Twitter at hammering underscore away. Uh, TikTok hammering dot away. This time I'm not gonna promise to TikTok because I keep doing that. But I feel like we have some clippable moments recently. So maybe. Oh, for sure. There were some rants in this video. Be on the lookout. Yeah. I think that the rants are too long to post on Twitter. I don't have like four minute rants. I don't have Twitter blue. Um, we'll tell Clarendon Blue Booze to post it for us. Yeah. Uh, and then um, we have one more thing. Instagram hammering away underscore, which is also on threads. Joe told me I didn't mention the threads sometimes. Don't look us up on threads. It's not active anymore. That was the most ridiculous phase in social media history. That's not true. Uh, but yeah, thank you everybody for listening. Six we have a lot Christmas. of followers on, on, on Instagram. I didn't even realize. We have like 50. It's like 70. Congrats to Hammering Away on breaking 70 followers on Instagram. Go we make it 100, seven. everybody. Go yeah, follow us on Instagram. Up. We're doing a giveaway. We uh, pay, the lost episode giveaway <laughs> at 100 Instagram followers. Yes. Hammering, if you... What is it? Hammering.away? No, it's hammering away underscore. If you follow hammering away underscore on Instagram, I will email you the lost episode if you just request it in the DMs. Signing off there. Thank you everybody for listening. No more Instagram talk. <laughs> we will be back after wins against Arsenal and Brighton. Peace. Piper. Piper. Piper.